Assalamualaikum, Namaste और Sasriyakal. Welcome to Faith in Society, our Friday anchor show, which uh, talks about uh, faith uh, and the things that guide us and our life in uh, general. We're not particularly talking about a faith. Usually, it's uh, a show which has Islamic uh, background um, things going on, uh, but uh, it's generally about life. And uh, today, I've had an opportunity to. Um, present this show and have a a little talk about things. Though you feel I hope you've had a good Friday, cold. and I hope you've managed to send up out all those WhatsApp messages of Juma Mubarak. <laughs> I have an issue with that, you know. Maybe you've seen that, and I've sensed it in my voice. I don't particularly have an issue with it. I think every day is a blessed day, and uh, we should be grateful for every single day. And um, I think uh, with the advent of social media, sometimes we send things out not because we mean them, but because we feel that we have to, because we feel we're being judged by other people. And um, as human beings, we're so afraid of being judged, particularly those human beings that come from the Asian cultures. We've got this very deep, outdated um, DNA structure. Uh, which is about being judged by other people, and in fact, sometimes I think we're more afraid of being judged by people than being judged by the, our Creator, and that drives what we do. And even within uh, what we're doing in our religious lives, maybe it's because we sense that we're being judged by other people. Uh, one of the topics that I want to talk about today is uh, something that's come out from the Church of England this week in, uh, with regards to religious institutions being institutionally racist and um, quite a strong comment that. And it got me thinking, you know, I, I'm a Muslim, so I, I've got no shame in saying that. I, I am a Muslim and I'm proud to be one. Uh, at the same time, I don't have any issues with anybody else being of any other faith whatsoever. That's their choice and that's their relationship between them and their God, them and their creator, them and whatever you want to call your creator. Um, but it started making me think of whether religious institutions are racist and whether uh, mosques, gurdwaras, mandirs are racist. Um, I've certainly had experiences in the past where I've taken uh, to a particular mosque uh, people that haven't belonged to uh, an Islamic faith and they've not been welcomed because people said, you know, not because they weren't appropriately dressed or anything, but people said, well, these people don't belong to this faith. What are they doing here? Equally, I've been to uh, other buildings. Um, I've been to a Gurdwara where I've been really welcome, you know, and, and people knew that I was a Muslim and I went in and sat down with people and I had uh, langar with them and I was treated very nicely, hospitably, and nobody really questioned, well, this person isn't of our faith, so therefore, you know, what's he doing here? And and I respected the cultures, the um, values, the traditions of, of, of that faith. When I entered that building, I knew that it was a building that, you know, uh, was of a faith that I did not follow, but I respected it. Uh, um, you know, I made sure that I, I knew what it was about, what I was entering and, and the things that I could do or couldn't do. And I'd done my research beforehand. <clears throat> and in all sincerity, I do hope that that experience that I had many, many years ago, probably over two decades ago, has now changed. I hope that now um, we've come to a point in our lives where it, religious buildings are places of safety 
for anybody of any faith. They're a place of worship. Um, they're a place of beauty. They're a place of calmness. And they're a place of um, peace. A place of hope, really. And a place to bring people together. And a place to help understand each other. And a place that rejects hatred. Values humanity. Values the creation of the creator, whoever that may be that you believe in. A place that isn't racist. That doesn't say, oh, this mosque is just for the Somalis. This mosque is a Bengali mosque. This mosque is just for Arabs. This mosque is for Pakistanis. This mosque is for Gujaratis. Aren't we now living in an era where we can say this mosque is for humans? This mosque is for anybody? And I know I'm talking about mosques here, but I'm talking generally about all religious buildings. That this mandir is for everybody. That this church is for everybody. That this gurdwara is for everybody. Have we not learnt from the past? Have we not grown enough? Has the world not shrunk enough for us to come to that realisation? And when I go to Friday prayers, I want to sit in a khutbah. I want to sit there and I want to listen to our blessed Imams talking about love and respect for humanity. Praying for all humans. Yes, of course, pray for the Ummah. Of course, that's part of the faith. But isn't it more important to pray for those that you don't think are following the path that you think is correct? Wouldn't that be more worthwhile in reality? Should we be knocking on the doors of those that have already, let's say, followed the path that you think is right whatever that may be whether you're a Hindu or Muslim a Christian a Buddhist or whatever it is shouldn't you be talking to those people that you might think are lost or maybe nobody's lost maybe anybody that follows any faith is not lost maybe somebody who's following no faith whatsoever isn't lost either isn't it about time that we take and extract from our faith the teachings that are about love, are about kindness towards each other, towards human beings, towards the environment that we live in. We are, after all, the custodians of uh, everything that's been created. We are here for a short period of time. We're here to just look after this place. We're traveling through it, aren't we? Aren't we sometimes taught by our um, venerable leaders, those people that are in the know, those people that have more deeper knowledge than me, a much better knowledge than me, that they always talk about, you know, this journey in this life is a test. It's just here for a short time. Then, you know, it's all preparation for the afterlife. It's all preparation for then, for the year after. And you know, sometimes I wonder, yes it is, of course it is, that's what it is about, because in real terms, whatever your life exists, whether you're in this world for two years, ten years, twenty years, or a hundred years, relatively speaking, it is a very short period of time. And doesn't it go so fast? Kitne arman rajate hai, kitni yade rajate hai. 
कितनी बार आदमी सोचता है मैं ये करता वो करता जब आखिरी वक्त आता है तो आदमी सोचता है कि यार मैंने उसको ये क्यों नहीं कहा मैंने इससे माफी क्यों नहीं मांगी मैंने उसका इंतजार क्यों नहीं किया पर तब सांसें जो हैं साथ नहीं देती वक्त साथ नहीं देता योर बॉडी गिव्स ऑफ योर हार्ट गिव्स ऑफ योर माइंड गिव्स ऑफ योर सेंसेस गिव इन एंड इवेंचुअली यू गिव ऑफ एंड वुडेंट इट बी बेटर वुडेंट इट बी मोर पर्पसफुल मोर मीनिंगफुल टू हैव दोज फॉर्ट्स व्हेन यू हैव मे बी गॉट टाइम आई मीन ऑफ कोर्स आई नो दैट यू डोंट नो व्हेन योर टाइम इज अप टुनाइट टुमॉरो कुड बी माय लास्ट डे shouldn't i then be trying to live it as if it's my last breath should i not be thinking of those people that you know i need to say things to should i not be asking for forgiveness trying to bring people together trying to talk to all of humanity should i hate those things that the creator has created when i say i love the creator should i not just love the creation of the creator because if if i believe if i have true faith and that's what the program is about it's about faith in society if i have true faith and if i believe in an almighty being that's given me the air that i breathe that's given me the land that i stand on that's given me the shelter of the sky and that's given me the beauty of the rain and the rainbow when the sun shines again and the heat and the light of that sun and when i bask in the glory of that light when i'm lying on a beach or i'm stood in a woodland and i see the trees aching as they grow up to reach the sky and i think wow look at the intricacy the patterns of the creation When you chop down a tree you see the rings of life within it it you know marks its own history it marks its own memory it leaves a signal to say to the woodcutter look woodcutter how long i have lived before you cut me down every ring marks a year and when the rings are closer it says that every year this year was of drought And when those rings are further apart it says you know this year I was given much I was given hope I was given the light I was given the heat I was given the warmth I was given the space to grow and I grew and this is my history woodcutter that I am leaving for you to tell you my story and if a tree if a tree leaves a story behind then my question to you is What story are you leaving behind? What memory are you leaving behind? What legacy are you leaving behind? Are you going to be remembered as the person who lived for humanity, that cared about those around you, that cared about where you are, that tried to change things to make something different not for yourself but for others? Or were you that person? that just cut the tree down so that you could light your own fire and keep warm that day yourself are you the tree 
or are you the woodcutter? And that's my question, really. You know, today. I'm fortunately joined by Saj Malik today, and we'll have a, a few words and hellos and highs. Uh, good afternoon, Saj. How are you? Good afternoon, Kessa. Thanks for having me on. I think it's going to be really difficult to follow up such a beautifully philosophical <laughs> few words that you've <laughs> spoken, but uh, it's really interesting. I've uh, I might have missed the news about the church uh, yeah. being institutionally racist. I think. I mean, the Archbishop of Canterbury. Mm-hmm. Uh, it came out of uh, the Windrush. Uh, And uh, the Archbishop of Canterbury said, you know, uh, that religious institutions, the church in particular, he he, he talked about himself, obviously. And he said, you know, that he believes that we are institutionally racist as religious organizations and we need to think carefully about ourselves. Yeah, I think it's really important for us to separate then uh, religion, religious institutions and followers of a religion as well, because no religion as far as i know or as far as i'm educated no religion teaches uh, racial discrimination or hatred of any races um but i think what happens is sometimes churches mosques temples they fall into uh, the trap of i think i think people practice culture uh, practice religion and faith through cultural norms and i think language and cultures is um a big a big part of how any faith is practiced and centers like mosques churches and temples tend to um, center around uh, certain cultures or regional uh, groups as well regional uh, people as well so based on language or region so for example you will get mosques that are predominantly Punjabi you will get mosques that are predominantly Bengali or uh, Arabs and same with churches as well uh, and I think again based on language as well you can have that separation as well but I think I I think sometimes we are comfortable that the person who is like me is a reflection of me or is like me or is common. We have things in common like culture and language. If we have a language, so I think naturally sometimes Joanna log ek side mein apne aap ko ek side mein kar lete hain ek taraf kar lete hain ek group bana lete hain ya wo ek dusre ke sath taavun karke ek dusre ke sath communicate karke ek masjid ko kholte hain ya usko ready karte hain taiyar karte hain i think i think that's what seems to happen but i think slowly over time what can happen is people get very protective and then institutional racism then develops so i think at some point it needs to be sort of um, stamped out or if you see signs of racism or grouping or factionism i think it should be if you see early signs of it it should be stamped out agar aapke masjid mein aapke mandir mein aapke gurudware mein aapke temple mein aapko aisa lagta hai ki group ban rahe hain apne firke ban rahe hain different different wajah ke liye chahe wo zuban ho culture ho regional pe group ban rahe hain agar aapko ye nazar aata hai aapko you should speak up and uh, it should be stamped out early but i don't think any religion really teaches racism or any religion wants to be um i think that's the process how it happens so religion doesn't teach racism mm. uh, we we agree on that um but culture has an impact on 
um, maybe some racism creeping in. Now, racism doesn't necessarily have to be um, between colours or countries. It could be within languages even. It could be between cities. You know, I'm, I'm using racism in its broadest sense here. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm, you know, I'm dono Muslims, so that's why we are Islam ka jo hai Sahara le rahe hai. Yeah, examples. as examples. But mm-hmm. we are not talking about Islam or Muslims. We are not talking about 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 Muslims. We are not द्वारा हो जो भी हो सो so, हम हडसफील्ड में रहते हैं सो so, हडसफील्ड में फॉर एग्जांपल दो गुरुद्वारे हैं ठीक है आ, हमारा जो रेडियो स्टेशन है इसके सामने इसके साथ में तीन मस्जिदें हैं बिल्कुल ये तीन मस्जिदें हैं और जरूरी नहीं है एक एक चौथी मस्जिद भी है जो इतने दूर नहीं है एक सड़क दूर है सिर्फ और वो फिरका भी सेम है यू नो जी तो हम नए मंदिर बनाए जाते हैं नए गुरुद्वारे बनाए जाते हैं नए मस्जिद बनाई जाती हैं हर वक्त लेकिन दिन में वो खाली रहती हैं जब नमाज का वक्त हो कीर्तन का वक्त हो पढ़ने का वक्त हो तो हम अपनी जो किताबें हैं वो निकालते हैं बड़े प्यार मोहब्बत से निकालते हैं उन्हें पढ़ते हैं यू उनकी इज्जत करते हैं बाकी का टाइम वो मोस्टली एम्प्टी बिल्डिंग्स रहती हैं तो शुडंट दोस बिल्डिंग्स बी यूज्ड टू कनेक्ट कम्युनिटीज शुडंट दे बी यूज्ड एट द टाइम्स व्हेन दे नॉट बीइंग यूज्ड फॉर वर्शिप टू ब्रिंग अदर पीपल इन टू यूज्ड टू बी यूज्ड फॉर एग्जांपल कैन दे बी यूज्ड फॉर होमवर्क क्लब्स कैन दे बी यूज्ड फॉर सेंटर्स लाइक कम्युनिटी सेंटर्स फॉर ऑल कम्युनिटीज यू नो जरूरी नहीं है स्पोर्ट्स के लिए यूज हो सकती हैं एक्सरसाइज के लिए यूज हो सकती हैं एजुकेशन के लिए यूज हो सकती हैं एंड देन एज ए यूथ क्लब यूज हो सकती हैं एज अ लाइब्रेरी यूज हो सकती हैं एंड देन जब पढ़ने का वक्त हो तो ऑब्वियसली यू नो वो उस पढ़ाई के लिए यूज हो सकती हैं तो कम्युनिटी तब बढ़ती है जब आप कम्युनिटी को इनवाइट करते हैं उनको बताते हैं कि देखो ये जो मजहब हम फॉलो कर रहे हैं ये आपसे प्यार करता है आपसे मोहब्बत करता है आपको लुक आफ्टर करना चाहता है इंसानियत को लुक आफ्टर करना चाहता है ये मजहब उसकी चीज के बारे में है यू नो आई एम गोना लेट यू हैव अ 2 मिनट थिंक ऑन दैट व्हाइल्स वी लिसन टू माहिर ज़ैन felt that God answered my call there was that one place I always thought about and I just wanted to be there with you the place that no eye has ever seen the place that no heart has ever perceived I had a great feeling inside of me that one day I'll be there with you and now that we hear feeling so good about all the things that we went through knowing that God is pleased with us too it's not a dream this is so true feeling the peace all around seeing things 
Well, welcome back after the commercial break on the Azani Zohar. And uh, just having a chat, me and Saj, about Faith in Society, which is uh, our program. And we were talking about um, the uses of religious buildings when they're not being used for uh, religious purposes or at those times when uh, it might be times for prayer, time for gathering, uh, for uh, communal, uh, communion. Communal? Communion. <laughs> I'm saying communal. Uh, I'm looking at Saj here who's joined me in the show today because I know I've used the wrong word. <laughs> communal. Community. Is it? Community. Well, yeah, communal. Yeah. It's not communal, really. It's c- communion communion. Is, is what I was trying right, to say. Okay. Um, but, um, you know, which is a holy act yeah. in itself. Mm-hmm. And um, Yeah, I totally agree with you. I think uh, buildings, uh, these are community buildings. Um, buildings uh, that can be used uh, for the community uh, they can be utilized uh, uh, for other uh, 
um, for to benefit the community. You maybe use because they're big open spaces. You can use them for learning, for education. Uh, I think you said uh, you mentioned libraries or reading rooms. That's a brilliant idea. I think that's really good. Um, I think also uh, inviting people of other faiths as well uh, to come and share as well. Uh, Muslims can pray anywhere. They can pray wherever they want, as long as it's a clean place, they can pray anywhere. So I think maybe, you know, uh, sharing uh, places of worship with other faiths as well, you know, allowing uh, other faiths to come and pray maybe as well if they need to. I, I, I know it happens at times of disaster or if there's uh, turmoil or if there's, you know, some sort of issues like um, I've seen it during war and stuff like that. Uh, different religions, people from different religions and different faiths uh, do share um, buildings and places of worship. But um, I think maybe educational or sports purposes would be beneficial. We often refer to uh, places of worship as the house of God. Um, I'm saying that because in contradiction, it's not the home of a human. It's the house of God. It was created by humans, put together, the bricks, the mortar, the stones. Uh, the funds might have been gathered. Um, people may have been contributed and those people that have contributed may not be around anymore they might have passed away and uh, their legacy uh, was you know giving and uh, to create a place of worship do you feel that we are outdated that you and me sat here are outdated that there are places of worship out there that are very active in having lots of community things going on there and um, uh, lots of places of worship that are open to other faiths and have other people going in regularly. I mean, I know the cathedral in Huddersfield uh, has a bookshop in it, has a coffee shop in it. Uh, people go in and sit, uh, uh, read books. Uh, m most of the books are Christian uh, in nature, but you'd expect that because it's a cathedral. Um, but there are other books. You can buy cards. It's, it's Valentine's Day, by the way. <laughs> you yeah, can buy Valentine's <laughs> cards there. Yeah. You know. But I think they also allow you to bring your own uh, books. Yeah, you can bring your own books. Yeah, you can. Yeah, you can sit there and read and, and read have a coffee, it. buy a coffee, whatever. I mean, from that place, it might be another revenue, sense of revenue. You know, selling tea, coffee, etc. Yeah, to maintain the place. Mm. But also, it gives an opportunity for other people to come in and sit down. Um, hand on heart. I don't think I've been into a mandir or a masjid which has a coffee shop in it. Yeah. Um, I think it, it's, it's a very complicated one because um, so when you look at um, religions that are foreign, in inverted commas, I'm doing my thing with my hands. Uh, <laughs> when you look at religions, religions that are foreign, so maybe religions that have come uh, are in your country now or in this country now that are came that came with uh, immigration. Um, I think uh, there is there is a bit of a, a it is a complicated subject because migrants, economic migrants, people uh, from other countries, when they uh, go to a new country they always want to make a home and sometimes they like to take their culture their religion their faith their customs with them to make a home or make a new home in a, in a new place and I think through the 70s and 80s 90s you know um, Asian folk experienced racism uh, and I think 
religion and religious places and religious places of worship uh, became like safe havens. It was somewhere where you could fall back to and feel some safety um, and some sense of identity, um, something special, you know, something unique that was part of yours that the society at large didn't accept about you, but you had a place to go to. I think that could have contributed to uh, you know some of the um, isolation or alienation especially i think it has happened uh, in the muslim community uh, with regards to like the media and and things going around going on around the world globally wars and uh, and and the um, terrorism the dirty word uh, when there's um, events around the world, I think they do uh, tend to push people back. And I think a lot of people, I think it's human nature to sort of fall back to your roots and maybe your uh, religion and faith as well. So people that weren't religious tend to um, find religion as well, maybe, you know, for spirituality or like I say, favor, as I was saying before. So I think that could uh, contribute as well to this sort of alienation, isolation. Do you think then that because of the environment that people were living in because of the issues that they were facing because of how they were being treated that segregation became the norm because people were looking for somewhere to feel safe and for that place to feel and remain safe it had to exclude others and by ex by the virtue of exclusion of others, it felt safer, and then it, that in itself became the social norm. I totally agree with you there. I think that that has a big part to play in it because when you um, segregate or exclude other uh, races or people from uh, other parts of society you then make a special place for yourself. There's there's a, a place of belonging. There's something unique about you and special about you that nobody else knows. You know, you, you belong or you belong to something, um, you know, that other people don't belong to. So then you, you then become, you find a special place, you become unique. Um, and then yes, you become safe. You, and I, I think it gives you an identity as well at the same time. Right, very interesting. So we're going to carry on with this conversation and we'll be back straight after this. If you just joined us, we're um, talking about faith in society. This is Radio Singham on 107.9 FM and of course on DAB Digital in Glasgow, Manchester and in Birmingham and across the globe for our dedicated uh, free downloadable app. And it's me and Saj Malik, we're just having a quick chat about faith in society and what drives uh, human beings uh, with regards to the actions that they take or sometimes the inactions that they, they take with regards to faith. And we've been looking at uh, sometimes why religious buildings aren't used um, or are inviting for other people. Now, that might just be uh, accidental, to be honest, or it might be something that happens uh, a lot but we, we, my and Saj's experience is that we haven't seen it that often uh, and uh, would, would love to know about places where it is happening and I'm sure it is actually. Um, it's just that certainly where we are, um, there's less of it um, or maybe it's, it's not quite as openly advertised uh, and maybe those religious buildings need to advertise it a lot more. Um, maybe 
maybe there are open days at mandirs, open days at gurdwaras, open days at churches, open days at mosques that we've we've not come across yet and um, or we've missed out. So you know, it's not criticism or anything. It's just a general discussion uh, about it and about why we might feel safer and what's uh, driven us to having these uh, buildings, which were initially safe havens, but now uh, mainly remain empty for the vast majority of time uh, except for times of prayer uh, and uh, maybe they're not being utilized effectively for uh, the betterment of society for the betterment of the community that they are serving and maybe you know the buildings of faith are not serving effectively the faith by not having them open at other times except for praying because Faith is more than prayer. You know, we, we talk about, uh, you know, um, as a Muslim, you know, in Islam, I, I am taught that Islam, being a Muslim, is a way of life. Well, a way of life isn't just praying five times a day, is it? A way of life is more than that. You know, praying is just one of the pillars. But there are other pillars. How do I fulfill those? How, how do I look after those people that are around me how do i interact with those people that belong not to the faith that i follow but belong to that other faith which is the human faith which is humanity you know there's over seven billion people in the world over seven billion I remember a time when there was something like about 5 billion or 4 billion and we said, oh my God, it's unsustainable. I remember those days there was panic. And of course, in places like China, the one-child policy came along, you know, to curtail uh, the race, I suppose. And now India is, 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 is the second most populated place and, and is, is fast becoming the first, to be honest. It's increasing in number very, very quickly. And, and maybe within the next decade or... or a decade and a half, it might become the most populated um, race, culture, society, country. Um, I think what's happened, maybe in modern times, is there's more of a there's been more of a search for identity than a search for spirituality. I think religion provides spirituality. It's uh, good for your soul. Uh, all religions are good for your soul. Meditating, uh, being spiritual, finding spirituality, seeking spirituality, seeking knowledge. Um, but I think it's become maybe more of a search for identity. And I think what, what uh, religious people have ended up doing is being and not, not, not um, being kind or appreciating uh, the creation of the creator or loving the creation, as you mentioned earlier on, um, loving other human beings, uh, l loving, uh, you know, the uh, neighbors in the natural kingdom, so animals, loving... Um, the, the Mother Earth, you know, uh, uh, so loving the creation of the Creator, I think, is very important as well, uh, as part of uh, worship. I think, um, I think maybe that's what's missing in the modern world. Yeah, maybe you're right. Uh, you know, um, you know, I read a book <coughs> a long, long, long time ago. <coughs> Excuse me, um, Chicken Soup for the Soul. <laughs> <laughs> you know, chicken soup for the soul. You you eat, you eat drink chicken soup, and it, <laughs> it, it, it kind of nourishes your soul uh, and, and makes you feel better. Isn't isn't faith religion the chicken soup? 
for the soul. Isn't isn't that the soup for the soul that nourishes <laughs> you? You know, it should uh, be really. I mean, that's what a religion and faith is for. It's for spirituality to make you feel better. Um, you know, to you know to understand problems of life, maybe help you tackle and deal with uh, life issues, problems. We always fall back on things, the faith that we believe in, whatever it is. You know, we 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 might say, you know, we we might face a desperate time. We might say, you know, if, if we're a Christian, we might say, you know, Jesus, please, I, I need your help right yeah. now. Uh, you know, we we you know, whatever faith we are, mm -hmm. uh, you know, if we're a Muslim, we might you know um, say, you know, bow down and go into prayer and say, I need your help, God. I need it right now. <laughs> yeah. You know. I'll never do this again if you help me. If you help me this time. Or. Yeah. Do you think religions become very ritualistic, and the, and that's why the spirituality is missing? So what what essentially each uh, faith and religion brings is missing because people are just maybe become very ritualistic. They they pray. Uh, so with Muslims, you pray five times a day. But they, are, are they actually connecting with God? Are they just doing? A, are they just uh, practicing a, a ritual? Uh, practicing a ritual so uh, so i suppose i suppose the answer to that question is when you go and pray the the reason why mosques and if you haven't visited a mosque i i would urge you to do so go along knock on the door and just say you know look i wouldn't mind coming in and having a look around they're very empty places they're very bland uh, there aren't any uh, you know paintings or idols or uh, you know pictures of extravagantly uh, decorated they're not ex extravagantly <laughs> decorated although the old ones certainly were you know mm -hmm. you can go to iran turkey uh, you know Egypt and you can see some very highly decorated geometric shapes and, and the roofs are very very beautiful and the pillars are very beautiful the indeed the architecture is beautiful uh, a very uh, mathematical uh, but besides that they're very empty and the, the, em the reason for that emptiness is so that you don't lose your concentration you you focus on your creator and you connect with your creator and when you are praying you're praying and asking and, and giving uh, you know your prayers to your creator now when you do that I suppose the question is if you're not fully engaged in that your mind probably wanders off and says what's on on uh, what, what's happening in EastEnders tonight you know <laughs> uh, what are me and my mates doing this evening or um, I, I need to go home and, and, and get the shopping in you know to have this food or whatever are you only half there? Yeah. We're, we're going to go to the news and we're going to come back and carry on with this story straight after after the news break. Welcome back after the news break to the second and final hour of our show, Faith in Society. Me and Saj Malik having a discussion and a ramble about uh, faith. And I, I think it's quite interesting, the topics that we're discussing uh, this afternoon. Can I just uh, say thank you very much for all your calls and your text messages. Uh, sadly, during this show, we're just not responding to them, only because we haven't uh, got the time to uh, bring in other bits and bats of the conversation. Uh, but I do promise you, we'll make a note of the things that you're saying, and we will bring them in. So 0744420155 is our WhatsApp number. And just, just put your comments down, and we will, we will take uh, note of them and, and, and bring them in, uh, maybe on, at another day or another time. <coughs> Excuse me, when we've got uh, time for, you know, extend this, this discussion. It started off because uh, there was a report, uh, something that came out um, uh, a little while ago, um, where somebody has commented, somebody of high importance, the Bishop of Canterbury, and no, no less, who said that um, 
Um, so the Archbishop of Canterbury himself recognizes this as an issue? Yeah. All right, okay. Yeah, That's yeah. interesting. Because yeah. he's obviously a person in uh, power and authority. For him to say, uh, firstly, it's recognizing something, recognizing that there's an issue there. And secondly, he's he's in a position to do something about it. That's right. And he was saying, you know, that... Uh, it was talking specifically about church, to be honest, but mm-hmm. it was saying that, you know, maybe churches are institutionally racist or, or religion is institutionally racist. Yeah. I, I, to be honest, disagree with the comment. I don't think religion is institutionally racist. No. I think people who are in charge or put into places of power yeah. who are the guardians of religion can be racist but I don't think any religion per se is racist whether it's Buddhism Zoroastrianism Mm -hmm. um, (coughs) Islam Judaism um, I think what you find then with religion is um, it becomes intertwined with politics as well politics, power, religion um, they're intertwined with each other and you'll find a lot of people that are hungry for power, power-hungry, ego-hungry people will misuse, abuse uh, positions of power. Uh, and especially with religion, it's really easy to take advantage of because uh, people willingly uh, will give themselves up or follow you or follow orders, you know, uh, vulnerable people, uh, people that are emotionally vulnerable as well. So I think it's very easy to abuse positions like this, positions of power, especially in religion. We've got uh, Sami Yusuf on in the background there with a smile. Oh, forgotten promises, actually. And um, we're talking about faith in society, not one faith per se. We're just talking generally about faith in society and how welcoming religious institutions are for those people that don't particularly follow that faith and uh, are they willing uh, to embrace people of other faiths to come in and accept those people as as just people who want to learn. They just want to learn about another culture, uh, another religion. Just want It's curiosity, yeah, isn't so it? Another person's way of life. I think what I'd really be interested in uh, finding out or I'd love to know is what made uh, the Archbishop of Canterbury realise this, that there was institutional racism? What did he see? What made him think that? I think, that? I, I think some of it came from the Windrush okay. uh, scenario that's been going on. Okay. Uh, where people, uh, you know, and of course, if we look back into history, mm-hmm. then sometimes faith was used. What uh, part did the church play in Windrush? Well, uh, uh, for example, uh, when uh, people, missionaries, went out into... Uh, Africa-wide and Asia-wide, um, they used uh, religion sometimes as as a as a mala, as as something to hammer people down and and force people to change their faith, uh, and, and then use their faith as a justification uh, to say that these people are, are lesser, less meaningful, uh, to justify it into their own minds that you know it doesn't matter. It's all right to. Um, use people or abuse people because they're not valued in the same way. You know, take Islam, for example. Uh, when Islam was around, uh, we know people uh, were slaves. And and they were around as well. 
you know, people were slaves yeah, there at was that time. Slavery, yeah. yeah, there was slavery in, then. In the Arab world. In the Arab world, there was slavery. slavery. Yep. And, and then, it was commonplace. <coughs> it's commonplace. And then, uh, yet we are taught that, uh, you know, Islam teaches equality. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, now you might argue that actually uh, when the Prophet Muhammad, peace and blessings be upon him, arrived, he tried eradicating that uh, through putting. Uh, Bilal as the first person to call yeah. uh, somebody to prayer. And for those yeah. of you that don't know, Bilal was an Ethiopian slave. Um, he was <coughs> uh, mistreated by his own slave owners. Yeah, mistreated. And the Prophet, peace be upon him, bought him yeah. uh, and freed him. And he became one of uh, Prophet Muhammad's uh, best friends, companions. He yeah, became, yeah. A cl- a close close companion. Yeah, big, he was a big part of Islamic history. Yeah, so, uh, so that in itself uh, uh, is a message, I suppose, that... Uh, be black or white, or there is no hierarchy. Uh, and, and there's lots of messages, particularly within Islam, to be honest. You know, if you go on Hajj, uh, everybody wears the, wa- uh, the same piece of cloth, really, uh, the same colour. Uh, and Reg- that's regardless of your race, regardless of your race, status, or, uh, status in society, status in society yeah. yeah, or how rich you yeah, are, how, how poor you are, you are. Mm. <coughs> and not only that, but that piece of cloth that you use and wear uh, often becomes uh, your shroud. Uh, mm. at, at your death, yeah. you know, and, yeah. and so that's the significance of it and the importance mm. of it. But that message, in reality, is to, is a message for people to say to people, uh, "Look, everybody's equal. Y- you've come here to pray at the most important site in 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 Islam, and and you look at you. You're all the same. You're not recognised as 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 you know, rich or poor or uh, black or white or." from Asia or Africa or America or China or Russia, it doesn't matter where you're from. You can be from Timbuktu or planet Mars. <laughs> yeah. You know, this is what you're wearing yeah. and, and you're the exact same or as everybody else. And that is a really, really powerful symbol uh, for every, people. Every man is uh, equal here. Uh, every man uh, and woman is equal. Yeah. And, you know, it's, the, it's also the place where women uh, do not cover their faces, you know. They don't, do they? They don't cover their faces. No, in the Kaaba on Hajj and yeah. pilgrimage. Yeah. yeah, they don't cover their faces. Mm-hmm. Why should they? Yeah, Because at that time, it, you, you're, you're in a place where you, your piety, your mind, your soul, your eyes, your gaze, yourself, the whole of you, the whole being of you is there for a particular reason. And that reason is your creator. You're there to connect. You're there to connect. Yeah. And your your whole being, your mm-hmm. soul, your mind, your heart, your every action mm-hmm. is about that one single thing. Maybe to disconnect as well. Yeah. So you disconnect from worldly uh, things, materialism, material things, uh, the world as it is really. You, you disconnect from uh, your uh, luxuries, your daily luxuries that you have. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I, you know and, I, and I think, yes, you do, but... but Sadly, and, and, and this is my personal opinion here, Saj, but sadly, what happens is you go to these places and what do you find? You find five-star hotels, seven-star hotels. Yeah. You find shopping malls <laughs> shopping that are bigger than the mosques that you're yeah, praying in. Yeah. You find clock towers that are taller than uh, the minarets of, of the most important mosque that is there. You know, mm-hmm. So the person that is calling to prayer, uh, a prayer which usually traditionally, historically, stands at the top of a minaret and calls people to pray using their voice, a beautiful thing, has to look up at the clock that is yeah. ticking away in a big, huge yeah. <laughs> so the, shopping mall. So they tower uh, over the minaret. They tower, right? That's right, they yeah. tower over the minaret. Yeah. And, and that in itself is, is, is um, again, a symbol of 
um, maybe where society is kind of creeping back in or those values are creeping back in uh, and, and they become a distraction to the connection. that it's a good balance between religion, spirituality and the world, you know, having shopping plazas and shopping malls nearby. Yeah, but you do that all the time, don't you? You've got that around you all of the time. I, 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 would, I would say that I have more opportunities to go to a shopping mall than to sit in a mosque. Yeah. I would find time much more easier to go and find some new clothes at Harvey Nicks or something else than say to myself, you know what, it's not prayer time, but I'm going to go and sit in the mosque. I'm going to go and sit there for no reason whatsoever. It's not yeah. a prayer time. I, 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 I'm not, I have no obligation to go there, mm -hmm. but I'm going to go to there. It I'm going to sit there yeah. <laughs> and I'm going to do nothing. I'm going to maybe just do up, nothing, do nothing mm -hmm. yeah. turn my phone off, do nothing or I'll pick up a holy book, the Quran for me, uh, you know, uh, uh, it might be the Bhagavad Gita uh, uh, for somebody, you know, who's a Hindu. Uh, and, um, you know, you sit there. Have some time for yourself. Time to, yeah. to yourself. I'll be honest, I, I have spent time uh, in a church as well. I've sat in a church and just sat there and there's people around praying. And it's nice, you know, you just feel like people are here for one reason. Uh, people are here to sort of pray, they're here for spirituality, they're looking for God, they're looking for the greater uh, greater being. Uh, and I, I'm a part of that. And, and I feel the same in a, in a masjid, in a mosque as well. You can sit inside. Sometimes I just go into a mosque and I can just go to the back and just sit, you know, leaning against the back wall and just sit there and maybe do nothing and just be around godliness you know, sometimes that's just nice as well. Hey, listen, godliness is everywhere, <laughs> omnipresent. You know, God is everywhere. So some religions believe, yeah. um, you know, and, and certainly the Abrahamic faith believes that as well. I have uh, a, uh, can I throw a spanner in the works? Oh, go on then. <laughs> so I have a spanner for the works now. Yeah. Archbishop Tutu. Tutu, Desmond Tutu. Yeah, Desmond Tutu, yeah. Archbishop Tutu. Um, of African origin. Yes. A black man. Yes. Was he not the Archbishop of Canterbury? Have I got that wrong? I might have got that wrong. But I'm sure he was an Archbishop. Many years ago, um, I remember seeing him uh, in, 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 in places of worship like Canterbury Cathedral. Um, I can't recall. And we're talking about the 80s here now, I think, or the 90s. Yeah, I just remember him from uh, the news. It was always, they always used to pan the camera to the Arch Archbishop, Archbishop, Archbishop Desmond Tutu. Yeah. He was a really nice guy. Yeah, and he always had something, you know, they always, they always used to have uh, Archbishop Tutu and he'd always have a comment to make on something that's happened. And, and you know what? I, I've got to say, that from from some of those comments that I remember, he was always such a humble person, yeah. and the things that he used to say were always so meaningful, yeah. uh, and they were always about love and respect of all cultures, of all people, and and I think that's what's missing. We need another Desmond Tutu, yeah. you know, um, Archbishop Desmond Tutu, yeah. because I I I don't come across many people who who have um, sort of um, power. Yeah. In, in faith. But remain very humble and down to earth. Well, not just humble and down to earth, but remain human in the sense of, um, I'm not saying they, they become something else, they don't, but what, what it is is, I don't see them talking about all humans. I hear them talking about human beings that belong to the faith that they're leading or human beings that... Uh, you know, are close to them 
in their town or in their country of origin or what, uh, what they're connected to rather than all human beings. <coughs> so I'm just quickly doing some research on uh, Archbishop find, Desmond uh, yeah, Tutu. I, you know. I can't find anything, but I'm sure he was an Archbishop. I, I always remember him being addressed as Archbishop uh, was. Tutu. So he was, wasn't he? he was, but yeah. was it Canterbury, Archbishop Canterbury? Uh, I'm not sure, to be okay. honest. So what my point is, the point I'm trying to make is, <laughs> um, he was uh, in a position of importance. <coughs> he was high-ranking. Um, he was an Archbishop, and he was uh, of African origin. So... You know, how 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 does uh, the Archbishop of Canterbury today um, feel that there's that is inter- there's institutional racism? Because so many decades ago, when racism was rife, you had a a, a black um, Archbishop Tutu. I think um, there were exceptions. There are exceptions, you know, uh, to things. And um, um, how many um, white imams have you come across? Okay, so that's a tricky one. That's a complicated one because um, that means that what we've, what we've got to look at then is how many white people have become Muslim. I know there's been many, um, but how many of them wanted to become an imam? Would you consider people from Bosnia to be white or Asian? Uh, white, yeah, because they're European, so white European. And have you come across any imams from Bosnia who are white European? Um so in Heckmanwijk, there is a Bosnian masjid. Right. So they have their own uh, little sort of community centre and masjid, and it's predominantly Bosnian, uh, some Albanian, some Kosovan, because uh, they share it's a similar region, isn't it? So they share mm. language and culture. Um, but if you go to, say, London, there's a lot of black imams of masjids. So. You get that, so I think it's it's got to be reflective of how of the community as well. So it depends on how many people are Muslim that are white and that actually want to pursue uh, being an imam. Right. Okay. So, so we're talking about race, and 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 the reason why we've come down this race route, to be honest, it's an interesting one actually because you'd think the missionary religions religions wouldn't be racist, wouldn't you? Because right. And the missionary yeah. religions are. Christianity yep. and Islam, Islam predominantly. Yeah, yeah. You know, and we're not saying that other religions don't have an element of missionary within them. Some do, some don't. Uh, but predominantly, uh, Islam and Christianity are the two uh, religions. Uh, Judaism, uh, you know, to be Jewish, it com- is the mother's mother's yeah, line, mother's bloodline. Yeah, Judaism. you have to be born into Judaism, and and it has to be your mother uh, because the bloodline travels that way within Judaism. Uh, so it's not particularly a missionary religion as such, mm-hmm. but Islam and Christianity are, are, are religions which go out and uh, uh, you know uh, try to persuade people to yeah. to change to come and join them <coughs> to come and join them. Mm. So so yeah, right. Interesting. <laughs> I was listening to a program about a week ago, in which this particular question was asked, and it was asked if you are a Muslim and you want to marry someone who is a different colour to you, how would your family, and more importantly, the people that follow your faith, feel and say in real-life terms today? Okay. So that's a question posed to you. Right. So, Saj Malik. Yeah. Yeah? (laughs) (laughs) So, here you are. Proposition. Proposition, <laughs> you know. So here you are. You've um, somebody's proposed to you. 
they want to get married to you. Mm-hmm. You know, you're a good-looking lad and all the rest, you know, oh, good values you. and all of that. Um, good family line. A good catch. <laughs> <laughs> Respectable young man here. So you want to get married, let's say, and the person that you want to get married to is is your Asian, and let's say they're um, uh, Caucasian, white, okay. yeah. or let's say um, Asian, Chinese, yeah. or let's say African, black, but not Asian, not like you, yeah, mm-hmm. from different ethnicity uh, to yourself. And you walk into your mosque or, or, or home and say to your family, this is the person that I want to get married to, or you go to mosque and you say to the uh, uh, leader, and I'm, re- I'm using the word mosque here because I know you're a Muslim, yeah. equally, uh, you, you know, if you, if you were um, like Christian, for example, yeah. or, or, or a Buddhist or, or Jewish or, you know, Hindu or uh, Sikh, you know, and, and you walked into your place of worship, how would the people in that building react, mm. do you think, and how would your family react? See, I think uh, my my family, this is being personal now, but my family is quite open-minded like that. So because in Islam, um, as long as you're Muslim, uh, race doesn't matter. So my family will be really welcoming. Um, and I have members of my family, my extended family, cousins and stuff, that have married out of the culture. And the families have been very, um, re- uh, received them well. Um, because in Islam, it is more, uh, it's more important that it the, the, your spouse or your, the person that you're going to marry is Muslim over um, race or creed. So, but I think uh, in Islam, if we're talking just about Islam, I think um, some sects in Islam have moved a lot quicker, have progressed in that uh, in that line a lot quicker and a lot more than other sects. So, um, but what you will find is a lot of people just prefer uh, being married to or settling down with somebody that ha- you have more in common with them other than religion. So language, culture, cuisine, that kind of stuff. Okay. So you're a young British Asian Muslim living in 2020 in these wonderful isles of Her Majesty's United Kingdom. Yeah? Yeah. What is your culture? Oh, Kess, I think this is another show. <laughs> I, think we need a, I think we need another show for this No, but you, you, you're, you're talking about culture yeah. there. You're saying that you need to have something in common with yeah. somebody. Would you have something more in common with somebody that lives in, let's say, India, Bangladesh, Afghanistan, Pakistan, to... Would, would you have more in common to somebody who's Asian living in those countries where your origins are, your ethnicity is, or would you have more in common with somebody living in the United Kingdom that's not in the same colour as you? That's a well, really this, this, interesting this, 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 this silence is not radio <laughs> silence. This is just a, a, a somebody thinking and, yeah. and ticking. Uh, maybe I should put on some, some ticking in the background, you know, <laughs> like countdown. <laughs> <laughs> oh, if only you could see the smoke coming out of my ears. I think that's a tricky question, though. I'd have to think about that. No, but you talk, you talk about being common. Yeah. So who, who is your common person? Who, who, so I think when, when I say common, I, I mean culture, language, uh, so the way we treat our parents, the way we are within family. Does a white person treat their parents worse than you? I think that's all about perception because um, some people would believe yes. Does a white person... Um, have less respect 
for the community that they live in than you? I'm not sure. That's the honest answer. I'm not sure. I think it would be very lazy for me, very easy for me to marry somebody or be with, settle down with somebody that's uh, a lot like me or sort of similar upbringing. So when you talk about what is my culture, so a British Asian culture uh, with Islam uh, maybe in the middle of that somewhere at the core. Okay. So yeah, so you know this 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 question, you know, and and the reason why we're talking about this is because these are the things that young people in society are dealing with day in day out. So on at today's Friday prayers for Muslims, yeah, how many imams at the khutbah talked about this issue? How many imams out of a thousand talked about um? love and peace for all humanity how See, many imams yeah. talked about um the virtues of let's say marriage from a religious perspective but but because within islam um it says and, and forgive me if i'm wrong because i i i'm, I'm not claiming that i have a deep knowledge of islam you know although I, i'm a practicing muslim uh, but i understand that within Islam, a Muslim male can marry uh, a Christian female or a Jewish female and not particularly ask them to convert their faith to becoming Muslims because those people are considered, in inverted commas, people of the book, mm -hmm. which means people that follow a linear pattern within the religion uh, and, and, and come through, um, f uh, believe in prophets, yeah. uh, Abrahamic. Abrahamic prophets that, uh, that Muslims believe in. So your family, like you said, liberal-minded, open, uh, progressive, has other members of the family... Um, that are maybe married into other cultures and, and it's not an issue. Let's say tomorrow you take a Jewish girl home yeah. and you say, this is the person I want to be with for the rest of my life. I understand. She's Jewish. I'm Muslim. I don't want her to become Muslim. I believe that it's quite fine in my religion for her to remain a Jew and for me to remain a Muslim. Yeah. How many people out of a hundred do you think would say yes to that? Yeah, I think for me the the the, the bigger bigger hurdle is finding somebody to marry me. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the bigger bigger hurdle than the, the religion. But I think with see, I think with uh, people of the books so or Abrahamic faiths, I think we have a lot in common with them. So with Christians and and uh, and Jews. So with things like uh, eating kosher, eating halal, um, those kind of things, family values, that kind of stuff, people that are, say, maybe of no religion uh, think a lot different. So I think a lot, a lot of the times uh, it's just easier to sort of click. Um, and I think you just, I think it does fall into place. But I think my family would be very accepting of somebody uh, from outside um, of, of our own sort of culture. Okay, zero seven four 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 two zero two one double five is our WhatsApp number. It's Valentine's Day today, the day of love. If you've got a rishta for Saj Malik, do, do text us in <laughs> whatever faith you are. We don't mind <laughs> text us in uh, with a picture, preferably. <laughs> and faith. And faith. <laughs> We're only joking. Um, but you know, I I think you know what these are difficult questions. Yeah. And 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 they are questions which need to be asked because a lot of young people. I mean, we we we're, we're both. 
very old, you know, <laughs> uh, so it's agent. Yeah. Uh, so therefore, uh, really, uh, probably yeah. it's not that important for but us. I think marrying out of faith is uh, another topic. Uh, it has its own complications. Um, but, but but listen, in the last hour, yeah, I talked about whether you're the the woodman, the axe, or whether you're the tree. Are you cutting the tree to burn the wood to keep yourself warm or are you letting the tree grow to give shade to another thousand people forever? And people like very learned philosophical people like Bulle Shah, for instance, said, you know, don't go out searching for the devil, <laughs> you know, kill the devil inside yeah. you first uh, before you go out and, and, and don't, you know, uh, looking for places of worship to worship. You know, cleanse your heart first before you go out to worship. Those sorts of philosophical it's messages. Very philosophical. Yeah, that. it is, but yeah. it's true, isn't it? Because the fact is that if you yourself are not pure of mind, pure of heart, then or pure of intention, then going out and 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 and, and prostrating, you know, in front in front of or with another whatever X number of people, uh, for the sake of other people to see you do that. Uh, is, is is potentially a waste of time. See, that's uh, philosophy then, because in Islam, your prayers are compulsory. Yes, of course, so because it's one of the five pillars. Yeah, so whether you're praying or not praying, you, you've got to pray, haven't you? So you've right, okay. You've so, got to do your five prayers. Yeah, right, okay. Regardless. So, right. But is going and doing a sajda, which is uh, prostrating, prostrating, yeah, prostrating, by just performing that action, are you actually praying? Yeah, so I was saying earlier on, are we, have we become ritualistic? Yeah. So are you just going there and praying five times, uh, you know, um, displaying five uh, rituals? Is that uh, what you're doing? Because if, if you don't believe in what you're doing, then you're just doing an exercise, aren't yeah. you? You can just go to the gym and do that. Yeah, but then what we need to look at is, is that person connected? Is he really um, seeking spirituality? Or is he so, seeking uh, uh, his peers or, you know, community? So what comes acceptance? first? What comes first, spirituality or action? It's an interesting one, that one. Yeah? I couldn't answer that to be no, honest with you. No, but the <laughs> fact, but if you don't have belief or, or if you don't have true belief or if you don't believe in what you're doing or if you're not connected, you know, then performing that act and saying, well, I'm instructed to pray, so therefore I am praying because I have that instruction from the faith that I follow. I am going and doing this. Um, I am performing this act. Uh, therefore, my prayers are accepted because I'm performing that act. I suppose there's a question to be thought about. Is it really being accepted because you're performing the act or is it being accepted if you truly believe in what you're doing? You probably will never ever know that until Judgment Day. So, Well, yes, <laughs> and, and for those people that are not of an Islamic faith, so in Islam you believe in Judgment Day, which is uh, the the day when you are raised back once again to be questioned, uh, to be questioned about your good deeds and your bad deeds. But... But, you know, doing something for the sake of doing it and then doing something because you believe in it, I think, I think, are two very different things. Now, somebody might argue and say, well, actually, by doing it, you gain the faith. It's like, you know, when people in Bollywood films say, Shadi kar le baad mein pyar ho jayega. Commit first. Commit first. And then you will find. You will find. <laughs> yeah. So, do the act yeah. and you will become. 
Or do you have to become first to do the act? That's an interesting question. It's probably not something that I could answer today. No, it's no, it's not. I'm not asking. Would, I'm not asking you for. Yeah, yeah. It's I, something uh, that probably needs to be uh, researched. No, I, I, I don't think it requires research. Mm-hmm. I think it requires the heart. What do I, you think then? Do you think? How do you feel about that? Then? I, I think uh, in reality, it's a combination of the two. Mm-hmm. I think the spirituality has to be there. If, if, if the if there is a vacuum devout of, of, of devout of spirituality, the vacuum cannot just be filled by your body. It needs your soul as well. That's, this is my personal opinion. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes I think you can become more spiritual by doing an act. And by doing that act, you connect. It's like if you're afraid of heights, yeah, to become less afraid of heights, you need to climb tall buildings or go on zip wires. And yes, you know, you might be shaking. And yes, you might have tears in your eyes. And yes, you might be screaming. And yes, you might be hanging on for dear life. And yes, you may regret actually doing it. And you may even have wet pants at the end of it. <laughs> but by actually doing it, you overcome. <clears throat> you overcome the fear. And then the second time round, it's not as bad. The third time round, it becomes easier. And the fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh time round, it becomes the norm. And it becomes something that you think, well, why did I fear this in the first place? So, with that same analogy being used, by committing to the act, you may gain the spirituality. But without spirituality committing the act, the act is done in vacuum on its own therefore loses meaning so therefore loses its value of doing zero seven four 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 two zero two one double five is our whatsapp number you're listening to radio singham on 107.9 fm and of course on dav digital in glasgow manchester and birmingham and throughout the world on uh, our downloadable free app wherever you are hope you're having a wonderful friday this valentine's day i'm sorry it's not a lovey-dovey program it's faith <laughs> in society me and Saj are becoming quite philosophical we're going to leave you with this uh, with this um, uh, Sami Yusuf uh, number, <laughs> I'm going to call it <laughs> Sami Yusuf number, and uh, then we're going to the advert break, and we'll be back straight after that. Welcome back after that uh, short commercial break. It's uh, Kesa Mahmood with uh, Saj Malik talking about faith in society. On Friday the 14th of February, this Valentine's Day, the day of love, biar, mohabbat, insaniyat. You know, I've heard people say, you know, giving uh, Valentine's uh, cards or flowers is haram. You know, I don't know. Maybe you've got an opinion on it. Spreading love and joy is haram. Hmm. Giving your mother a rose and saying, you know what, you looked after me as a, like a delicate flower when I was little. You cared for me. You caressed me, you protected me. You loved me, you looked after me. And in your old age, I give you this rose as my symbol of love. It's haram, is it? You know, maybe it is in your eyes. Uh, not in mine, you know. Uh... You know, it's more about humanity. It's our 
maybe i think at this time in this world when everybody is segregated when everybody is looking inward and they become more insular and protective of their own territory and uh, rather than being global citizens protectors of mother earth this globe where we're here just for a short period of time we're looking for a piece of land when all we need is a patch that's only 6 foot deep that's all we need when you go that's all you need for your grave if you are to be buried and if you are to be cremated then you probably need less than that as well yet we fight for huge spaces of land we kill in the name of faith in the name of religion in the name of territory in the name of god sometimes and probably god up there is looking and weeping and saying wow this isn't what i wanted but who knows so from me if you're celebrating valentines happy valentines day <laughs> i think with valentines day with when you're saying it's haram <clears throat> i'm not saying it's haram <laughs> i'm saying some people the, say it's haram with the issue of it being haram i think what uh people object to or don't like about valentines day is it encourages free mixing encourages dating and all that kind of stuff um Maybe you know, you know, you know Valentine's Day should be just for married couples. <laughs> don't be halal. You know the most beautiful thing I've seen, Saj. I, I, you know, for those people that don't know, I used to be a, a, a teacher, head teacher of a number of high schools, and my whole life has been spent in education, mostly in education with secondary school children, high school children, eleven to eighteen year olds, nineteen year olds, often. You know, but one of the most beautiful thing I've seen, yeah, and one of the most heartbreaking things I've seen, is a seven year old boy cry. a 7 year old boy cry because he wrote a poem for a 7 year old girl in school and she tore it up in front of him on valentine's day and he said you know this is for you and i sat here and wrote it all night and she tore it up wow that is and you know sad. saying that brings tears yeah, to my eyes that is really sad you know love can be pure there, there's innocence in that innocence yeah. can be pure it's how you look at it it's how you know you think about things in islam you know um again i'm not claiming that i know everything i don't far from it i probably know a lot less than most people um but you know in islam you have the right to choose the person that you are to marry uh, yes you do otherwise the nikah is haram if you don't agree to it The Prophet Muhammad peace and blessings be upon him married a lady who was older than him who he worked for yeah who, who was a, a trader a, a lady who had her own business her own uh, employees and he married her yeah. and he worked for her and actually Khadija uh, the prophet's first wife chose him so she chose him for marriage right which is interesting yeah and like you said she was older than him as well so examples have been left for us haven't they yeah so how love affection in its most innocent terms cannot be haram i don't think yes i understand about you know falling into that trap of doing things outside of marriage which are disrespectful which can bring trouble and shame upon people 
I understand that. And I'm not subscribing to that either. I'm not saying that's how it should be. But what I'm saying is, in protecting that, in protecting those values, don't give up on love. Don't give up on hope. Don't give in and say, you know what, I'm going to cage you so that nobody can take you away. I'm going to imprison myself so that I don't go astray. How empty, how empty can your soul be? How unnourished, how sad can one's life be when you cannot appreciate the beauty that is around you? And you know, these people who talk about, you know, uh, men who lech at other women, I can say to you, that you know, when you are in true love, when you are in absolute, true love with somebody, whether it's your wife, your husband, you know, in that sort of relationship, when you're in true love with somebody, and if you're a man, you know, women that are walking past you, you actually don't know that they exist. You don't see them. You become blinkered to them. You become blind to them. They don't hit your radar. You become like one of them horses that's blinkered and you can only see straight in front of you because you know your heart is content. And I think when you look and search, it's because you're not content. You're empty inside. And an empty vessel cannot bring joy or happiness to anybody or to itself. So Saj Malik, happy Valentine's Day to you. <laughs> that was really deep. Um, and I think... There's a lot to think about. Uh, I hope the show was interesting and it raised a few questions, maybe raised a few eyebrows. <laughs> uh, but I hope it was uh, informative as well. And maybe it's um, made you think um, and it's um, triggered some thoughts, maybe. Uh, and hopefully um, our mission is to maybe bring change um, for the better, uh, change people, or just to make you think. And if it has today, if we've made you think today, uh, that's great because that was our goal. That's what we hope to achieve. If you've learned something, that's even better. Hope we've, uh, hope some of it's been educational as well <laughs> for you, which I, which I hope as well. Which has been interesting. I think it's been uh, interesting for me as well. There's been uh, a couple of questions that you've raised, Kes, Kesa, uh, and I think. I've got some thinking to do as well, <laughs> some searching to do, yeah. And um, we, we is Faith in Society the name of the programme? And although me and Saj have spoken, and we've spoken from a Muslim perspective, um, we're not speaking about Islam per se. We're talking about all religions, all faiths. So when we've used examples like mosques, it isn't, when we're using a mosque as an example, but in that we mean a mandir, a gurdwara, a church, Any place of a, worship. a temple. For you know, it's just something that we could relate to. It's, yeah, that's right. It's about relating to something. And yeah. when we talked about institutional racism, we're not saying that religion is institutionally racist. We're, we're talking about a question that's been raised uh, about, you know... Or not that the all churches are institutions. No, of course not. It's just uh, a question uh, raised by the Archbishop. Yeah, and we're, we're talking about that. So uh, not uh, hoping or causing any, um, any offence. Um, but thank you for listening. It's been two hours. It's gone very quickly for us. 
Um, you know, thank you for listening. And all I've got to say, as always, is goodbye from me. And uh, it's goodbye from Saj. Goodbye from me as well. Hope you have a nice day. And uh, on this Valentine's Day, our logo and our motto and the thing that we always say is, Dilunko Milatirayega. <laughs>